gospel lesson for today, the sixth Sunday of the season of Easter, comes from John chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and will reveal myself to them. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, people of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. A few days ago, I had the opportunity to be on a Zoom call with a few of my colleagues and friends, uh, two of which are already pastors, and one of which you'll be familiar with if you're a part of our, of our community here. She is our Adopt-A-Seminarian Marietta, who is currently out in the Seattle area of Washington. She's on her internship right now. She's making her way towards uh, her eventual graduation and ordination about a year or so from now. But uh, she was one that was on the call as well. And as we were talking, she shared a story with, with my small group or this group of, of friends that I was talking to that struck me as really hilarious. And it's called the prodigal of the lost dog. Kind of an odd play on words there. So what happened, Marietta had been out in her backyard mowing and they've got a couple of dogs and this one little dog uh, found the open gate and just took off running down the street. And so she jumped off the mower, Marietta did, and she tried to get, uh, she hollered at her husband to grab, uh, to grab some meat out of the refrigerator to try and entice the dog to come on back. And she chased it and she chased it and she chased it and she was yelling at him and trying to get him to, to come on back and hollering and hollering and hollering. And finally, she told us that they got the dog cornered down a cul-de-sac. So it really couldn't go anywhere. And she was continuing to run after it. And as she looked, she could see a few people that were kind of along the side sidewalk and, and she went hightailing by him, yelling as loud as she could for the dog, trying to get the dog to come back. And it was only after they caught the dog and came walking back again that she realized what was going on with those few people who were standing there on the sidewalk. One of them actually happened to be a fellow minister, different denomination, but that's okay, a different, uh, a, another pastor who was preparing a video, kind of like right here, what we're doing now, but outside. And uh, in the midst of it, in the midst of this, this prepared remarks that this other pastor was doing, here comes this woman in the background screaming for her dog, just tearing right on by, disturbing the whole thing. Now, what makes it even better was when Marietta was talking to this pastor about the situation and found out what was going on, she said, I get it. I totally get it. She says, I'm a pastor as well. I, I, I make videos, I make content, and I know sometimes this whole deal's not happening like we want it to be, and sometimes the preparation of the videos doesn't go like it's supposed to either. It's this whole idea that, that things just aren't 
like we expect. What has worked before isn't working anymore. And that is the sensibility, this whole idea, this prodigal, this prodigal dog story that I've just shared points me back towards the setting of the gospel lesson that I've just shared. Now, what we've shared tonight, or today I should say, is a, a direct continuation of where we were last week. And I actually even referenced this portion just a little a week ago if you happen to catch that video. This is all set during the Last Supper within John's Gospel. Now, there's a lot that's going on in this passage, and not just this passage, but the larger passage. Again, I've talked about this before. It's part of an ongoing time of teaching and, and interaction that Jesus has with the disciples, known as the farewell discourse. This long period of time when he continues to reassure them of, about what's about to happen, but also some assurances for things moving forward. Now think about the whole setting of the Last Supper. Oftentimes we think about it in terms of the institution of Holy Communion and the other three Gospels, of course we hear about that, but the setting in John's Gospel is a little bit different. We hear about the foot washing that Jesus does with his disciples. As they sit down to the table, he removes his robe and he takes the water and he kneels at the feet of each of the disciples and washes their feet, taking on that, that role of, of servant. And then he tells them, this is what I have done for you and you should do likewise. He goes on from there and he tells them over and over again, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another. As the setting goes on, they continue to talk more and more and more. And Jesus reminds them the truth of what's about to happen. Now, he's talked about this before. It's the Last Supper. And we know after the Last Supper, he's arrested. And then he's tortured. And then he's eventually killed. And he's told the disciples this more than once, including at this supper. He's told them, this is about to happen. And understandably, they're troubled. That was the focus of what we zeroed in on last week, because Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. But it's a troubling time. Everything that they've done to this point, everything that is familiar, the, the ministry that they've been a part of, the, the way that they have followed him around, that they've got to witness the signs and the miracles that Jesus has done, the healings and the, the miraculous situations, the teachings that he's done, the, the, the wonderful things that he has said, all of that that they have grown used to, that they've been a part of, it's about to come to a close because Jesus is about to die. And so I can only imagine as the disciples are listening to this ongoing time of, of Jesus speaking, that, that could, that's probably where they're stuck. They're, they're caught in this idea of everything that's brought us to this point is going to change. It's going to come to a close. So where do we go from here? That's another sense that we find within this ongoing passage, not just the one that we've shared today, but the, the overarching situation, is Jesus seems to be giving some instructions for moving forward, and yet there's ambiguity too. He tells them the new command I give you that you love one another, and then he says here, those who keep my commandments, I will be with them, and the Father will be with them. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Well, what is the commandment? Well, it's to love one another. Why is that important? Well, because Jesus is going to be gone. The future is unexpected. The future is not written. The future is unknown. And that, to me, really seems telling where we're at now. Here we are in the middle of May. 
we've been living in the reality of social distancing and churches shut down, much of, of, of society is, is closed down, and that's been going on for a couple of months. Well, here in our little corner of the world, things are beginning to open back up a little bit. We're starting to see some businesses that are opening back up. Some faith communities are starting to open back up. We're beginning to see a little bit more action as, as things begin to move forward. Now, how's it all going to turn out? We don't know. Is the coronavirus, have we beaten it? Probably not yet. Are we going to see a resurgence? Maybe. Do we know what's going to happen? No. Do we know what, what normal is going to look like yet? No, we don't. But maybe, just maybe, that's the beauty of life. It's not easy. It's not always something that, is, it, that we can easily deal with. Oftentimes, it can be stressful. It can be painful. It can be difficult. And not just because of the coronavirus. That's our reality all the time. Nothing in life is guaranteed. Sure, in the normal swing of things, we might think we can know what to expect. We can sort of map things out, and right now that's a reality that we can't really do. But we are never guaranteed what tomorrow is going to look like. And maybe if nothing else, maybe this situation, difficult as it is, maybe this is serving as a reminder that we are just like the disciples. The disciples didn't know what to expect. Jesus is going to die, and sure, he said he's going to rise again, but even when he rises again, he's only going to be around for a little while, and then he's going to disappear, and he says that we're going to be the church. Well, what's that supposed to look like? We have no idea. And folks, neither do we. As I sit here right now preparing this video, I'm thinking about June, and I'm thinking about July, and I'm thinking about August, and I'm thinking about September, and I'm thinking about what might be, I'm thinking about what might not be, I'm thinking about the desire to be back here in the sanctuary face-to-face -face in worship and knowing that we probably aren't going to be able to do that anytime soon to think that ministry is, is not going to go back to the way it was, that worship is not going to just go back to the way it was, that we're not just going to wind the clock back and everything's going to be hunky-dory again. We don't know what it's going to look like. And that's troubling. And maybe, just maybe, the promise, the good news, if we want to say that, the, the, the little glimmer of hope that we find in this passage today is the promise that Jesus makes that I will not leave you alone. I will send you the advocate. I will send you the helper. I will send you the one who will be with you and the one who will be in you, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. That means the Holy Spirit is God and the Holy Spirit is going to live in you. The Holy Spirit is going to empower you. The Holy Spirit is going to unite you together with one another. And that has not changed. There are hard days in the midst of all this. I've had conversations just in the last couple of days with several different people who have been struggling this week. I know I've said it before. I've had struggles. We all have. It's to be expected because this stuff is not normal. And maybe, just maybe, this whole thing is a shakeup that God can use. Now, hear me. I am not saying that God is causing this whole thing, but I do believe that God can take the junk that the world throws at us and that God can use it for something good. Maybe in the long run, we find new ways to be the church together. 
Maybe in the long run, we find new ways of doing ministry together, or we ourselves feel empowered to be able to do the ministry with one another and for one another, and we find new ways to create the love of God shining in the world that we reflect out. Maybe that's something good that can come out of this, even if we don't know what that's going to look like. Maybe right now, it's hard to see that, even to see the possibility of it. And maybe right now, we just feel alone. Maybe we feel isolated. Maybe we just don't know where to turn. And I think there's a word for that within our reading today, too. Now, Jesus says, I will not leave you orphaned. That statement right there really caught my attention this week as I've thought a lot about it. What does it mean to be orphaned? Now, I can only speak to what people have shared with me, but to be orphaned seems to indicate that you are left utterly alone, that you are unclaimed, that you are, that you are on your own by yourself. There is no one who is with you. And I think that can happen in the literal sense that we have of children who are orphaned. But it can also happen in more of a metaphorical sense. Now, I've heard some individuals talk about this before as they have aged and as family members around them have aged and family members have eventually died off to the point where they are the only one of their immediate nuclear family that's left. Parents, siblings, even cousins or aunts or uncles as they, as they die, as they move on into the, the, the world to come or, or whatever it is that lies on the other side of death, that those individuals feel like they are orphaned because those, their family is no longer alive. I imagine that there's a sense that we all feel in that these days. And if perhaps that resonates with you, then hear this promise, the promise that Jesus makes that I will not leave you orphaned. And why is that? Because we are claimed. And who are we claimed by? We are claimed by the one who Jesus calls my father. We are claimed by God, the creator, the one who made all this, has claimed us as beloved children. May we hold on to that in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of unknowns, as we begin to look forward to what could be. As difficult as that might be to see, may we remember that God will be with us and will empower us, not only in the midst of the hard stuff, but even as it begins to take some semblance of the new normal. I pray that we can hold on to that as we move forward. Amen.